What's up? This is Daniel Safer, and you're listening to another episode of Fitness Frameworks. These last couple of years, my health and fitness have been a big part of my life. I've spent tons of time testing, failing, learning, and iterating on my nutrition and exercise plan with the help of mentors. The real question has been, as a busy professional, how can I develop a sustainable fitness lifestyle where I prioritize my health, but I do not let it consume my life? This podcast is here to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I keep learning to apply and share fitness frameworks that help me achieve my health goals. My name is Daniel Safer, and welcome to Fitness Frameworks. I'm calling myself out. I know I slacked it last week by not publishing a new podcast, and I'm not going to let it happen again. I spent all my time editing the course that I had just released for March 1st that I had prepped so long for. To realize that I didn't have the podcast episode to actually talk about that. So, a week late, that's this episode right here. And I want to experiment with this episode. So, what I'm actually doing is I'm getting the audio from a video that I uploaded to my Facebook Live. Where I talk about the motives and the reasons for tracking different things and different data. So, you'll notice the tone is a lot different. It's a little laid back. Then I kind of re-engage as I'm going off on topics. It's a little ranty, but my promise to you is that by the end of this, you will understand the two biggest benefits that I see in being able to collect data by tracking to be able to make data-driven decisions. So here's the raw audio from the video, which obviously could be edited. Let's get into it. So actually, that's that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to go into... It might just kind of be like a rant. It might be actually something learn, worth learning. It might just be a new perspective I offer, but we'll see what this turns into. So the reason I release the course on tracking is because in all of these, I tell you stories about how there were specific parts of my life that I wasn't really tracking before. And most of the times I didn't start tracking them until it was something that one of my coaches started to tell me to track. Like, hey, you know, the obvious ones were like track your calories, track your workouts. But then the other ones like tracking your progress, tracking your sleep, and tracking all these other things. It was very eye-opening because I started to see a lot of patterns in my life. And these patterns, especially when they start to reoccur over, you know, a long period of time, we just kind of, we don't notice them. Or at least I feel like we're not woke enough to notice them. Until it is that we start writing them down and we become self-aware. So the reason I encourage tracking is not because that's the only way you're going to be able to do it if you happen to to want to lose fat or gain muscle. It's just a mechanism you can use to start to become aware of your patterns and the actual problems that you start to have in your journey. And this has often led me and allowed me to see my plateaus or see wherever I happen to be getting stuck. And then from there, once I'm aware of that problem, I could I could then start to actually try to solve the problem and figure out what I could do to break that repeated pattern which is holding me back. The perfect example I can remember was my coach had me do like a weekly uh, thing where he, w- he would answer the three questions. If, if you heard my podcast, you probably remember um, but those three questions like, what were your biggest wins? What was your biggest challenge? 
and what are you going to do next week to be able to have a better week? And it was crazy because when I filled one of those out, the one for what was my biggest challenge, I realized that that weekend, I I kind of just like didn't really track. I just kind of went all out. And basically, if you look at my calories, I would reset everything I had done for the entire week. So if I was in a deficit Monday through Friday, on Saturday and Sunday, because I wasn't tracking, I was going all out. The first time that I started tracking, I saw how many calories I consumed. And the deficit that I had the entire week, I just put it to like a maintenance. If anything, it was a little over. So that, that was explaining why I was going up in weight little by little. But the fact that I was tracking that and the fact that I was looking at that information, it just all of a sudden hit me. I was like, dude, I've been eating like this for literally my entire life. Because the way I grew up, we always had uh, fat. So fat, uh, Sundays was like family day. It was We would go to church. We would go eat. And because we'd always go eat at some restaurant, whether it was like an Applebee's or Via del Mar, whatever it was, I was like, this is my cheat day. And I would go all out. You know, I'd be like completely stuffed, man. Like, I can't believe I ate that much. We'd get back home and I would just start snacking. But my weekends were terrible. And I just had that habit of doing it over and over and over again. And it was just like an auto drive kind of thing where you just don't even think about it. And it was like that over a week, over a week, over a week until that years, you know. And when I finally wrote it down and I realized, man, I've been I've been holding myself back because literally I don't control myself on the weekends. That is when I was able to see the pattern and that's when I could start to figure out how was I going to break that pattern. Now to break that pattern on the weekends, it wasn't this simple, I did it one time and it worked. It was more this thing of trying it over and over again and trying different things. Because you see, on the weekends, I did like to have that flexibility of not having to have the same rigid meal plan as I did during the week. But because of that flexibility, I didn't plan out my weekends right. And because I didn't plan out my weekends right, when things would come up, I would just go with the flow and I would mess up my entire week progress. So I, I knew that I started to have to do some planning. Now the question was, how much planning was I going to do? So as I started to try different things, something that tended to be pretty effective for me was I try to do, for example, like right now I'm doing four meals per day. So what I do is on the weekends, I'll plan out for Saturday and Sunday, three of those four meals each day. Then the fourth one will kind of be a little more looser in terms of what I can eat. But it doesn't mean I'm going to go all out. I still try to portion myself. I still try to get my serving of protein. I still minimize my serving of carbs and fats on my plate. But once I started to do that, I stopped regressing and I stopped, you know, getting in my own way. And I was actually able to see that incremental progress little by little. And I was still able to adhere to the diet because it was something that I was enjoying. It was something that to splurge a little if I wanted. But looking back, that is probably one of the biggest things that convinced me that I just had to start tracking. It was becoming aware through tracking. Another thing that really helped when I started tracking was just when it came to understanding my calories or or just when you track things, you really start to get an idea for, you know, 
how long something might take, how much something might be. So like in terms of calories, right? When you start to track things, when I started to track things at first, I was like, all right, I was just getting all this, all this information. But once it became a habit, I was able to look at a plate of food and see the different types of food that were on there. And because of that, I was able to get a good idea of how many grams of protein, how many grams of carbs, and how many grams of fat I was consuming. So I didn't have to be over-analytical about it, but by having that habit and having that base of tracking, I was able to now look at something and really see if that was going to be something that was going to fit my current goals and what I'm trying to do. So that's another benefit of tracking. It's the fact that you now start to become aware of those numbers as as I mentioned before, you become aware of those numbers and two, you build that skill set to be able to identify when something does fit what you need at that moment or if it doesn't fit what you need at that moment. So then you should avoid that. So along with that, I also want to talk about how tracking is also more of a tool. It's not something that you have to do. Um, so it has to serve its purpose if it's a tool. And that tool could be that serving that purpose of allowing you to become more aware and allowing you to build a skill set. But there's a bunch of different tools out there that allow you to maybe lose fat. For example, another tool could be intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting isn't a diet. It's just a tool that allows you to restrict your caloric intake. You see, if you, if you, if you go from eating during a 12-hour window during the day and you shorten it to 8 hours, the probability of you consuming less food and less calories is a lot higher. If you look at the keto diet and you completely cut out carbs, the probability of you consuming less calories is a lot higher. If you look at the, what are the, there's like so many diet fats, like the carnivore diet, where you basically just don't eat your carbs as well, but just focus on meats. The probability of you consuming less calories is a lot higher. So that's why a lot of these diets and these diet fads work for some people. Because in reality, they all work. They're imposing some sort of nutritional restriction which is going to put you in a caloric deficit which is going to allow you to lose weight over time but the thing is it works for some people because those people are able to adhere to that let me give you the perfect example when i was doing intermittent fasting i was actually doing it with my friend and we were literally eating like the same amount of hours during the day it was pretty extreme there's a point where we we're just eating like four hours a day <coughs> and he was my workout buddy as well in college and when we would go work out, I felt amazing. Like, we were completely fasted. This is around, like, hour 20 of not eating. I would feel great. I had all this energy. I felt clear and focused. And I would look over at Christian, and he looked like he was about to just pass out and throw up. And he just wasn't having it. And this was every day in the morning. Like, shout out to him. I have no clue how he kept showing up every day to the gym just because it looked like he was about to die. But, but the point I'm trying to make is it's very individualized. You see, my body responded well to intermittent fasting. So it made it easy for me to adhere to intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting created that restriction that I can only eat a certain amount of time during the day, which put me in a caloric deficit. Now, Christian had a shitty time doing intermittent fasting. So because of that, it was going to be very hard for him to adhere to intermittent fasting. 
So if you look at that perspective, for me, it's like, dude, intermittent fasting is the best thing ever. I lost 20 pounds of fat with intermittent fasting, blah, 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 blah. And Christian's like, from his miserable experience, dude, intermittent fasting sucks. Don't do it. So that's the same concept that's applied to literally every diet. You're going to see people that their body just responds well to keto. And they really enjoy, they might, they might feel more energetic. They enjoy the type of foods. They're good with not eating their tacos or cereal or whatever carbs. And they just respond well to it. So it makes it easy to adhere to that. And because keto is adding some sort of restriction, they're going to lose weight over time. So all these things that they call diets, ICS tools. They're all tools that restrict your intake so that you're in a deficit. You just have to put the right tools together that are gonna allow you to adhere to that. So my current tool set is pretty high carbs, a moderate fat, and then my typical protein goal, and my calories not too much in a deficit. Because if I start going too much in a deficit, I start to feel hungry. I start to think a lot about food. And if I get really stressed at work, it's a very easy trigger to just walk over to the kitchen and start snacking. So for me, what I found to be very sustainable because I can adhere to it over a long period of time is a very minimal caloric deficit. That means my progress is going to take a lot longer. That means instead of losing like a pound to two pounds a week, I actually have to shoot for, you know, a quarter of a pound to half a pound a week. And the progress is going to be a lot slower. But since I've been doing that, I've actually, it, it's weird. It's like this switch of actually enjoy the diet a lot. Like, I don't even see it as a diet. It's just like, this is how I eat and I enjoy how I eat. I allow myself to go out with lunch or I allow myself to go out at lunch with my coworkers or with my mentor a couple times. Or maybe on Sunday when we have family days at my house, I allow myself to eat that bigger meal with with my roommates. And really, I don't stop myself from having those enjoyable experiences, but I also now utilize food as another tool to be able to socialize and, and you know bring me closer and build my relationships with my friends and people that I care about. And yeah, I, I don't know where that was gonna go. <laughs> But I think that's that's a basic idea I want to I want to I want you to take away. These things I'm presenting to you are tools. None of them are things that you have to implement for the rest of your life. Because at the end, when I say building a sustainable sustainable fitness lifestyle, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that you could do now and in 10 years and in 20 years and in 50 years. It's a way of it's a lifestyle it's a way of eating it's a way of, of working out and exercising it's a way of giving your body the right energy and maintaining that energy so that it could uplift every other thing in your life so that it could bring you know if you feel energetic if you feel like you're just in this great vibe all the time right like you feel awesome you feel great you feel confident in yourself everything else in your life you're gonna crush or if not, you're going to get on the path towards crushing. Maybe you're getting crushed by something else. Who knows? But you're going to be on the good path to be able to overcome all these other obstacles when you're in that right state of mind. Yeah, that's, I guess, that, that's the takeaway is use, utilize these tools to your advantage 
don't feel like these are things that you have to do. These are things that can allow you to build the right skill sets to build a sustainable fitness lifestyle. And that's what I want for you. I want you to find something that, find a way of eating a nutritional strategy, find an exercise routine. And like, you know, when I say exercise routine, you don't have to go to the gym. Maybe you just, maybe you just love to play sports. Maybe there's a specific sport you like to play and that keeps you active. Well then, join teams, join a like an actual, I, I know that as we get older, it's hard to find teams that actually practice more than once a week. That's, it's more like the intramurals now. It's like, oh yeah, we have a game every Thursday. I mean, you could, I'm sure you could find teams that take it a little more serious. They could go practice three times a week, four times a week, five times a week, whatever that may be, and you stay active. Or you could even combine those two. It's like, if you really enjoy soccer, that they only meet up once or twice a week, you could build your gym routine around how can you improve at soccer. But do something that you enjoy and, and you see yourself doing over a long period of time. Awesome. So to recap, the promise I made at the beginning of this episode was that you're going to get the two takeaways that I personally see as beneficial when it comes to tracking. And one is you start to gain personal awareness of your patterns and the habits that you have to break. And two is you start to develop the skill set to be able to calibrate on the fly so that you don't have to keep on tracking for the rest of your life. But I see this as super crucial to be able to start to document your journey and make data-driven decisions. Because when you make data-driven decisions, you take the emotion out of it and you could start to course correct in a manner that will actually get you closer to your goals. So as I'm sure you noticed, this was a completely different style of podcast episode. If you did like it, please let me know. If you didn't like it, also please let me know. I want to experiment with this podcast to try to see what's the way I can best bring value to you. If you did like this type of audio, these are the videos that I'm uploading on my Facebook group. So you could head over there and try to get more information and more knowledge on how you could build a sustainable fitness lifestyle. I also started to implement a weekly live Q&A where I'm answering everyone's questions in as detail as I can possibly dive into. If that's something that interests you, just head over to fitnessframeworks.com and ask to join the group. Other than that, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope to see you on the next episode. Peace. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback. Would you like to learn how to actually make long-lasting health and fitness habits? If so, go join my Facebook group where I'll be fully transparent documenting my journey to developing my own sustainable fitness lifestyle. Just head over to fitnessframeworks.com and ask to join the group. I'll see you there.